Hey, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. We have guitarist Nita Strauss in the studio. We have El Kukui, Tony Ferguson, on the phone. And we do our picks. So much fun. Jaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he hurt him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. We need to change the intro, obviously, um, as Matt has been let go. Dana was so annoyed at my questions the other day that he fired Matt as punishment. Uh, no, Matt's train is running late. Um, you know, Matt takes the train from Long Island. He does his uh, rolls in the morning. And there's something going on with the trains today because it's not getting in until he's already normally here. Yeah. So he will be here shortly. And, of course, we would normally wait for Matt. But our guest has a, a hard out time. Uh, Nita Strauss, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I didn't screw your first name up, right? Because he wrote the pronunciation out phonetically. Like, <laughs> like I'm going like to go nighte? Um, <laughs> nighty day. Um, I'm just glad he didn't write Nina because most people's phones autocorrect me to Nina. Yeah. So you have, no, you have no idea how many times we've had to restart a podcast because of someone's phone autocorrecting my name. That's okay. I've, I've, <laughs> I've had autocorrect screw me up and I've been talking to a lot of girls and they said, I want you to suck my cop. So. My cop. <laughs> and it probably worked out better. Actually, <laughs> yeah, they didn't just didn't block me. Um, so yeah, why why Nita? Who are you named after? I'm not named after anyone. Oh, it's just yeah. a cool original. Name. I guess so. Yeah, super creative parents. And you're a big. Uh, I know you're a UFC fan, and I know you're a fan of Matt. He will be here. So I felt bad when we had to start without Max. I know you're a big Matt fan. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, and I'll I'll say it again gladly when he comes here. But when I started watching UFC, you know, I'm a little late to the party. Uh, you know, I grew up in a household with no TV, not even cartoons. You know, so no. You know, I'm really involved in the WWE world, and everyone's right. like, "Man, you have you been watching wrestling since you were a kid? You know, do you remember all the?" faction stuff i'm like no i literally just discovered everything so i started watching ufc uh about 10 12 years ago and uh one of the first things i really got into was the ultimate fighter yeah and uh watching team hughes versus team sarah oh seem was it uh, season six. Oh yeah season six so right. it wasn't actually season four it was season six and that was like sort of you know i'm a, a still a chick you know we like the reality shows sure. like the drama and so watching the ultimate fighter was a great way to kind of introduce myself to the sport you know, I've been an athlete growing up. I've been an athlete all my life. Uh, but, you know, UFC was a completely new world for me. So it was really cool. Why no TV when you were a kid? I'm always... Because there's a lot of parents that do that, uh, and I guess it's a good. Were they like kind of like uh, alternative thinkers or kind of hippies? Or? Alternative thinker is a, a nice way of saying oh, hippie, really? but yeah, you know, uh, I had wooden toys. I had, you know, I had two two things growing up that were outside the hippie alternative thinker bubble, and I had Ninja Turtles and I had Barbies. And I, I credit that to sort of who I am today because I'm still sort of a tomboy, but I right. have a little bit more of like the Barbie aesthetic than the, yeah. than the Ninja Turtle aesthetic. Have your parents kind of come, are they living still? Yes, yes. Have they come around to the modern, like are they, are they iPhone people? Or are they still like? Yeah, well they are, but my dad still ends, you know, he starts his texts with, hey, it's dad. Uh, <laughs> like I did on no caller ID in the yeah, phone. Yeah, and then ends it with a lot of emojis, you know, <clears throat> thumbs up, Christmas tree, heart, a peace sign. Uh, you know. know, my dad does that too. Does he? Oh it's, no, it's not just my dad. He, yeah, the capitalizing, like when he goes, "All right, it's, it's good. To, uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you." In capital letters, Love just jumps you. out at you. Love dad. Yeah, <laughs> like I know who you are. Your name is on the. Yeah, no, I get it. Hi, it's dad. Uh, do you want to have lunch today? Love you. Christmas tree, shamrock, heart. Just crazy <laughs> emojis that mean nothing. 
But what's cool is, you know, my dad is a musician and my mom is a ballet teacher. So what does mom, your dad play? He plays bass. Oh, he does? He okay. plays a little of everything. You know, he taught me my first few chords on the guitar. And actually, my guitar, my signature guitar is called the Ibanez Jiva, and Jiva was the name of my dad's band. Oh, okay. So he had a band, you know, in the 60s, uh, you know, signed to George Harrison's label, Dark Horse, and it was super involved in the, you know, the alternative scene. Your dad knew George Harrison then? Yeah, yeah. What did he say about him? Um, he he hasn't said a whole lot, you know, uh, more just, you know, the thing that he instilled in me was to be grateful for those opportunities as they come. Yeah. I just signed my first record deal with Sumerian Records and and being beyond grateful for that opportunity because most musicians don't have that opportunity in their lifetime to and work this, with a label they respect. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, your solo record, Controlled Chaos, uh, your debut solo album is coming out November the 16th. Uh, and you had a campaign which allowed you to self-produce uh, Controlled Chaos, and you got surpassed eight times over, so people must love what you're doing. Yeah, you know, I heard for a long time that people don't support music anymore. People don't People don't buy records. People don't buy concert tickets. People don't support artists. And, uh, you know, I've heard the same thing in the mixed martial arts world. You know, fans aren't buying pay-per-views. Fans aren't right. supporting the way that they used to. And I think that if you give them something to get behind, if you give them something to get excited about and support... Then fans, you know, I don't even like the word fans, to be honest with you. I like worshipers. Worshippers. <laughs> the the masses. The masses will get interested if you give them something to be interested in. If you keep recycling the same old thing over and over and over again, you know, they're not going to keep watching. But, you know, UFC is keeping it fresh. They've got a lot of cool stuff coming up, a lot of exciting fighters coming up, and, and uh, people are starting to talk about it so much more. I hear it so much more in the public conversation. And uh, and the same thing happened with my record. By the way, your dad is smart to play bass. Bassists yeah. will always work because they're they're a very necessary part of the music, but they're not the lead singer, they're not the lead guitarist, so they're not as much a face of the band. I mean, mm -hmm. Ozzy and Metallica, I think, swapped bassists at one point. It was Jason Newstead for Rob Trujillo. Uh, I think it was just literally a swap. Nobody gives a shit. So it's like the basis will work for the rest of your life. Yeah. It doesn't matter necessarily what you look like. The basis is always the one to kind of let themselves go a little bit because <laughs> there's less pressure on them yeah. to look like the face of the band. They're not getting in anybody's way. No, the, but, the, but without them, you're like, this music sucks. This so you music have to sucks. have them. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I put out the first single from my album is called Our Most Desperate Hour, and uh, it came out just this last Friday. And I played all the bass on the record, and my boyfriend Josh played the drums, and I played everything else. So I didn't really feel it necessary to cast, you know, a fake bass player in right. the music video and have someone just staying there, you know, kind of milly vanillying the bass. Right. And the comment I get all the time is, but there's no bass. The song sucks. And I said, the bass is in there, guys. It's just I didn't feel like I needed to hire a stand-in bass player, but people that don't know me don't know that. And oh, they don't know go. that you played the bass. They don't know that that I played the bass. And, and again, why would I? Should I have, do you think? You know, I, I, I would have maybe put some kind of a bass indicator in there just to avoid. Like a level? Or just you. <laughs> light. Or just put you superimpose yourself in there. Why not? In a little box playing the bass. Yeah. Um, is it hard being in a band with your boyfriend? I don't know if, I was, if I'm dating somebody, can I do anything creative with them for any length of time? Oh, it's, it's really hard to do creative things together. But the, uh, the nice thing is, you know, he, he has his own music. I have my own music. This is my solo work, you know. So it's not as much like being in a band together. He's, uh, you know, my boyfriend plays drums in my band and is also my manager. Oh, okay. So he wears all the hats in the neatest round. Kind of like world. Ozzy and Sharon, except she doesn't play. She doesn't play anything, yeah. So he, he has more to do with my career than I do, I think. Um, but he's, uh, he's extremely supportive and just says, look, this is your vision. I'm going to help you execute it as best as I can. 
And, uh, and I'm really grateful for that because it would be, he's a really creative person. It would be really easy for him to just say, look, I think it would be better this way and we'd probably butt heads. And if we do try to write music together, it's, it's like torture for both of us. Yeah, because it's, it's hard to tell somebody else, like your vision of this song stinks. Yeah, I'm not interested. In, so it's, he's, uh, he's really, really supportive and really amazing at just saying, this is what you want. I might have a different idea of what would be better, but if this is what you want, I'll find a way to execute it as best I can. So um, uh, UFC you watch, do you go to fights too? I've never been to a UFC fight, but to be fair, I also haven't even been to that many concerts because I've been touring since 15. I'm 31 now. So 16 years of my life spent on the road. I'm never in town when anything cool happens. I just saw Metallica for the first time. Really? Yeah. Uh, but we always get the pay-per-views on the bus whenever possible. Uh, actually, we're just here in... in uh, uh, in New York at Jones Beach, uh, and everyone was crowded on the bus to watch Mayweather McGregor because uh, I paid. I was like, I'll buy it on my on my account. I don't even care. Oh, that's had, where you are. Yeah, yeah. We were in the parking lot of Jones Beach, and you know, it was, well, on so late. Uh, was it a big screen or was it a laptop? No, it was a little tour bus TV. Oh wow, so medium screen, yeah. I guess. But I mean, it was Alice. All of our crew, the whole band, everybody, all packed onto the bus. Alice Cooper. Alice, you Cooper. were touring with Alice, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm still doing that. That's my day job. Oh, you still tour? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got the first show with Alice in Albany tomorrow. Okay. First show of this leg of the tour. But this is last year. We were out here with Deep Purple, and uh, and we were everybody was crowded around. And and it's funny how a fight like that brings people that are not even fans of the sport together. Right. You know what I mean? I was actually in Dublin with Alice last year, and I went to SBG. And uh, and met Connor's coach, Coach Kavanaugh. Oh, you did. Yeah, went out and hung out at the gym and and checked out. That was my first time stepping in an octagon, which yeah. was really cool. As a longtime fan of the sport, I was like, he goes, "You want to step in?" I was like, "Well, yeah. Like, am I allowed?" Yeah. <laughs> it was a kind of like hallowed ground, and uh, it was an amazing experience. Connor wasn't there training or anything, but just to be there and be in the gym and feel the energy. And they've got this great quote up on the wall of Connors, which is that famous quote where he says, "I'm not talented. I'm obsessed." You know, there's, there's, uh, mm. you can anybody can be anybody if you put in the time. There's no talent. There's only hard work. And I feel that way about music too. So it was, it was cool to be there and and experience what they experience on a day to day. I went to Jackson Wink when I was out there a while ago. I didn't step into the octagon. And I've been to the UFC Performance Center, but I, I'm afraid, I don't want to step into it. I just feel like I so don't bowl. It's a bit like putting on a Dallas Cowboy helmet. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is just I thought not... you were going to say you'd be afraid that the animal would come out and you'd have to <laughs> become a fighter. Yeah, I would. I'd throw like a stiff old man karate kick. I really am finished physically. Yeah. I uh, felt funny in there. I will say like, you know, I, I was like, do I take on my shoes? And he's like, yeah, you take you have off to your take shoes, shoes off. I, I didn't. Oh, what would be okay. more embarrassing than tracking dog shit into an octagon? Oh, embarrassing. Well, especially you've been walking around <laughs> Dublin, you know, <laughs> tracking puke and crushed glass, crushed glass, and and vomit and all kinds of fecal matter and stuff from walking around the city. So, do you tour with him? Do you guys fly private? We're on a bus. Oh, you are. Yeah, yeah we're old school. How about uh, you doing Dublin though? We are still on a bus. Yeah, we. I mean, we fly to Dublin, you know, to get there from the states. But yeah, we travel Europe on a bus as well. We're very old school. You know, the Alice Cooper show is way more old school than you'd realize. 
uh, you know, we we just until last year we were all on one bus with Alice, and so it was a super crowded. Packed is Alice bus. Uh, Alice looking to save some money, or is he? You know, because a lot of guys they they're like, you know what, it's time to sock it away. It could very well be, but actually, you know, about a, a year ago we split up into two buses, so it's a little more. He chill has his own now. bus now. It's a uh, half the bus and Alice on half the band and Alice on one bus, and then the rest of the band and our tour manager on the other bus. So it's about five people to a bus, really laid back, super chill, but. Does he have a big bed in the back? He does have a bed in the back, okay. which is why I'm glad I'm not on that bus because we got the back lounge in our bus and we can watch TV and do stuff back there. And where do you have to watch it on his bus in the front? Ghost Adventures on the, in the front. You can only watch Ghost Adventures or terrible horror movies like the B, C, D level why? of the horror movies. That's what the boss likes to watch. We're not going to walk in there and say, or the Golf Channel. Or the golf channel. He's always watching the golf channel. But oh my usually God. it's ghost adventures. So do you hate when he's out doing something like Hollywood Vampires? Is that what they were called with Johnny Depp? That's right. So you must hate that because like then you're not you you're not, you don't have a gig. Well, I I hated it at first, you know, because then it's like, you know, I'm out of work, what am I gonna do? But this time it gave me the chance to record my record, Controlled Chaos. And that was a blessing for me because, you know, of course when I first got the news that we were gonna be off this last summer I was heartbroken because that's my that's my work time. Yeah. You know, like I go, oh my God, we're going to be off for four months. You know, you don't know as a musician. You think you're going to have all the time in the world. Like, you know, just like I'm, I'm making a paycheck every week. We always work all through the summer. No big deal. And then in January, you get the news. The vampires are touring this summer. You have the summer off. Have fun. And I was like, what are we going to do? And, and Josh, you know, my manager and boyfriend said, this is when you're going to do your record. And I was like. Who's going to pay the bills? Will I do that? <laughs> right. So and, what do you uh, do with the, how do you make the money? Well, we did the Kickstarter. Oh, uh, we did I the Kickstarter it, right. for the record. And, and, you know, and I did, you know, I socked it away. I've been very, very patient, you know, very, very careful with my money. You know, I don't have a, a fancy car. I don't have a huge house or anything. We're renting a little place in Hollywood. And, uh, but so we had enough saved to pay the bills. And I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do the Kickstarter, you know, and Josh said, we're going to do the Kickstarter. We're going to raise the money to do the record. And we're going to gauge the interest of people to see, you know, see how many people want to, to buy an instrumental guitar record in 2018. Cause there hasn't been, there's no singing. There's no singing. Oh, none at all. Yeah. It's all just shred instrumental shred. And we didn't know, you know, there hasn't been a huge instrumental record since the nineties, early nineties. You know. Does Ingve sing on his? He has singing on his. Yeah, okay. yeah, he has some singing on his. But even so, he hasn't had a you know wildly successful album since Rising Force ninety. Was it ninety one or ninety two that that came out? I don't know. So it's been it's been a while. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> it's it's something like that. So uh, we thought, okay, let's let's set a super modest goal and we'll ask for twenty k, and that's going to cover all the recording. I'll record it myself. I'll rent a studio. You know, I can engineer it myself. I recorded and engineered the whole record myself, minus uh, a portion of the drums. And, uh, you know, we'll do it myself. I'll hire the graphic artist. I'll hire the team. I'll get the photo shoot and the mixing and the mastering done. Like, I'll hire pros for that. And we should be able to, you know, come out ahead with a little leftover to promote a tour, hire a publicist or something like that. So we set the goal for $20,000. And I pressed, you know, made my Facebook post and I pressed the button and then I went to the gym. And we hit that 20K while I was still at the gym. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't even like a crazy all-day workout. It was about an hour and a half. So we That's hit, a crazy yeah. workout. I know. <laughs> when, you, 
<laughs> 45 and I'm ready to have a stroke. <laughs> so we hit that 20K in the first two hours. We doubled it by the end of that day. We tripled it by the following day. And that's when we looked at each other and we said, whoever said that fans don't support right. music was dead wrong. Because they care. You just have to give them a good product to care about. So who are you going for this weekend? I'm sure you're going to watch. I'm I'm going to tell you this. I know Khabib is the favorite. I know I've seen all those videos of him wrestling bears and you know and doing all that stuff. But I think Connor's going to find a way. You know, I, I watched do. I watched the Khabib Edson Barboza fight. I watched the first round last night mm. because again I don't see this fight going past the second. Again, I'm always wrong though. Right. Who, who saw who saw Stipe? Uh, Nganu going five-round decision. Right. You know, who saw Cormier knocking him out in the first round? I'm always wrong. But I, uh, I I was watching Khabib come in, and he's so bent on pressing you up against the cage. He is so good at taking the middle of the octagon and pushing you back and keeping you defensive. Barboza was kicking him, kicking him, body kicking him, leg kicking him, but knowing that eventually he was going to shoot for a takedown, uh, I think Connor might be able to catch him coming in. I think, and, look at Chad Mendes. Look at when Connor fought Chad Mendes. You know, he was able to get in there and do the Connor thing and figure him out. And yes, he got taken down, but in the end, he made it through. He, he did, but Mendes was on no camp. And I'll say this about that. But uh, he's if, a strong wrestler. Very strong wrestler. And and if uh, if if Khabib takes him down like that, I think Connor's in trouble. I don't, I don't yeah. think he's uh, surviving that. And I certainly don't think that he's going to be able to do more than one round of that. I don't think I think that if it goes past one or two rounds, I think Dan Connor's in trouble for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking first round Connor and his cardio. What's that? Connor and his cardio. I mean, I think he'll be all, yeah, he does gas at one point, but no, I, I think it'll just be because the odds are. But then again, everybody thought that Damian Maya against Tyron Woodley, everyone thought eventually he's going to take you down, and he didn't. But again, right. Connor cannot defend the way you know Woodley could defend. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's such an interesting fight. I think I think that maybe not that Khabib's making a mistake. Obviously, his wrestling is the thing that's probably going to win him the fight. But Connor has a much more varied attack. I think he might be able to defend the takedown better than people think. I think he's going to be able to keep it standing longer and land the shots. And really, if it goes long, all Connor needs is one opportunity to catch you. You know, so even if it goes four or five rounds and it looks like Khabib's winning that fight, Connor could still land late in the fight. He you know? can, but to me, there's no way. I mean, if it's going four or five rounds, that means he survived. A lot of time on the floor. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah it favors Khabib, I think, the longer it goes. Definitely. Yeah, but. so I, I think Khabib will be able to take him down eventually. And then you'll see. Does he get through the round, or does Khabib be able to reach under and grab his wrist yeah. and do that smothering thing <laughs> up against the cage, which is every schoolyard ass-kicking I ever took, which is just getting the shit beat out of you crumpled up in a corner. That's why it's hard to watch him fight, because that's what he does. He just puts you in a corner and He's a bully. You. He's a bully. He's a bully. He bullied those bears, and he's, now he's going <laughs> to bully all these other fighters. And I was a... Uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I was up on my research before coming in here and hang out with you guys. Is it right that Khabib has actually not only not lost a fight in the UFC, but not lost a round? Is that uh, I don't know about the round. You might be right. It's 26-0. I don't know about the uh, the actual round. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you can That's maybe make an argument that. That, he, yeah, that he maybe he lost one round to, like, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. First round, but, yeah. Yeah, but even that, yeah. Michael Johnson started... Uh, you know, hitting, uh, you know, landing, and but then you know, Khabib finished on top of him, yeah, pounding him by the end of the round. So yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if he lost. Yeah, no, Khabib's basically been untouchable so far. That yeah. also means you're due, though. Yeah, you're due. Nobody goes undefeated forever when there's so many amazing fighters and yeah. so many guys who can beat you, and there's so many ways to lose. And that almost the fact that he is 26 and 0. It almost makes me go like, Ugh. Ooh, it might be about that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone expects him to win. Connor hasn't fought in two years. Um, I'm, I might take Connor as well, but then again, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard know? to. Yeah. <laughs> How do you? Like, I wouldn't be surprised either way at all. 
Ferguson Pettis is a good fight too. The co-main event is an incredible fight. Pettis is fighting better than anybody has expected him to fight in uh, in recent memory. And the winner of this will obviously get the winner of the main event. You would think, yeah. I mean, Poirier Diaz is in the mix, I would think. But yeah, I mean, this is looks like it's going to be a terrific fight. So. Um, yeah, I guess. What is Poirier number three? Yeah, is he we, number three? Yeah, hold on, we have it right here. I mean, Ferguson's number two, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. Poirier's three, Ferguson's two, Connor's number one, and then Khabib's. Yeah, two. yeah. So it actually yeah. goes in order when you're looking at the thing. Yeah. Khabib, Connor, um, and Ferguson, and then I think if Pettis wins, he's on such a streak that they give him the shot, or do they make Pettis fight the winner of uh, of Nate uh, Poirier? I'd be but interested then again, in seeing that too, actually. It's you hard would. to say. Like at, at this level, all those fights sound exciting. Every yeah. fight is exciting at that level. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Pettis has the loss to Poirier, but it was a stoppage. His rib was hurt, but he was losing that fight when they fought. So he's really only won the fight against Chiesa, but he's won two of his last three since going back to life. Two of three, so, and he yeah. looks really good. Yeah, I mean, he looked. It was vintage Pettis in his last. His last. Well, fight. I, I kind of saw the Chiesa loss coming. I told you. Whenever you they did. count down with Bruce Buffer. Yeah. Whenever they're too excited by <laughs> Bruce, I'm like they're finished. Uh oh. I don't know why. But it's like they're too caught up in the fun moment of it. And uh-huh. It's like, no, this is a guy about to kick you in the stomach. Yeah, one of the only guys that does it that it doesn't, it it, it seems genuine. JDS? When, uh, well, TJ does it too. TJ Dillashaw. Does he? Oh, yeah. He'll okay. usually, I don't know if they actually fist bump, but he like gets into it when Bruce Buffer. JDS walks in the middle of the fucking uh, octagon yeah. and points down. I never like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't like that at all. But I do like him. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Ovin St. Prue. Well, before we talk about that, wait till Matt. There's some great fights that have been announced. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos against uh, Kamaru Usman yep. is a great fight. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I think that's the fight that uh, Kamaru Usman needs to have. I mean, Dos Anjos is coming off the loss to Colby. He looked fine, but Colby beat him. And, yep. you know, this is a, another big name for Who was Usman's last up. fight? Um, what, Jesus, why can't I think of it? Look it up. I'm glad I didn't. Pretend to know that. Yeah, well, I don't know why. I I need to <laughs> That's what guys do on these shows. Oh, Damian Maya was the last one. Yes, yeah. uh, they have a, a computer in front of them, right? And they act like they know all this stuff, and you're like, "How the fuck do they know it all?" I'm learning that. You know, we're doing this this big press tour for my record, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, so this is how it works." I'm not the only one that can't think of this stuff on short notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad yeah. to know, but I got I got the phone to look all that stuff up. Yeah, and I'm not, but I'm not a good faker. Like I'm not a, I'm not a professional broadcaster at all. So yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm not good at pretending that shit. I should be, right? But I'm not. I'd rather just say I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's kind of it's not as sexy as pretending I know, but I don't know is more honest. And people right. can tell I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's easier to just be a fan and just say, yeah, I love this sport, but I don't know that. Jimmy Manawa is fighting uh, Tiago Santos, so he's staying where he's at. Yeah, uh, Santos is staying up at light heavy, which I think makes sense. I, I mean, do, too. Unbelievable in his last fight. That is a great fight. Yeah. amazing. Well, that's what was supposed to happen. Anders stepped in for Jimmy yeah. Manoa. Manoa tore his uh, hamstring or whatever like three days before the fight. So Yeah, that's a great fight. Yeah. Uh, who did Sam Alvey just lose to? Uh, was it Glover L- uh, Little Nog. Nog. Oh, Little Nog. Right, yeah. okay. I like Sam Alvey. I hope he does well at light heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, he vowed after that that he's never going to lose again. That's what he said. I so love we'll Sam Alvey. I love that guy. Because if he loses again, right, he'll just be like, all right, we'll never again after this. See, but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the Connor approach. That's the, you know, the manifesting your own reality. You say, you know, Connor said, I go in there believing that I'm the best. I, I predict these things, yeah. Connor says. And, and, you know, hey, it works for one person. Why can't it work for the other? It does. He, he's him and his girlfriend, I think, or his wife, whatever she is, are, are big on The Secret, that book. Yeah, manifesting um, your reality. It's true, but I've tried it. It didn't work. And he's also <laughs> lost. He lost to Mayweather. He lost to Diaz. So, yeah. um, you know, again, it, it's 
it works until it doesn't. It works until it doesn't work. But you know, I um, I read, uh, I got to read Diamond Dallas's page, new book, uh, Positively Unstoppable. About yoga. Uh, yeah, about well, not just about the yoga, but about like this is all about like his mindset, his positivity, and kind of like what we're talking about, manifesting things. And he goes in the in the secret. They talk about a little boy that sits there, he sits in his bed and dreams of a bike, and he man, you know, he says, "There's going to be a bike outside my door. There's going to be a bike outside outside my door." And then he wakes up one morning and there's a bike outside his door. And DDP says, "I hate to disappoint." point you but that doesn't fucking work it doesn't <laughs> like, work so you know yeah connor can sit there you know at sbg and say i'm gonna beat everyone i'm gonna beat mayweather i'm gonna beat habib i'm gonna be the best but unless he puts in those hours and puts in those time puts down puts in that takedown defense it's not gonna work here's what that shitty kid in the secret was probably doing probably bugging his mom i'm gonna go think <laughs> about the bike and then she heard it and just put it there so he tried to think like positive. santa enough already with, this. Yeah, <laughs> enough already with the bike <laughs> yeah i guess you have to really maybe i should read the secret my ex-girlfriend years ago gave it to me um, as a gift, and I probably should read it. They have it on it. the Netflix. They have a, a, a the secret documentary or whatever. They have a movie version on Netflix. I don't know. I've, I've envisioned stuff. Maybe I don't do it enough. Maybe I just do it too late in the game, like two days before, and I don't really believe it. <laughs> yeah. But I've had little uh, moments of that. Like a parking spot? You know, it's so funny, the parking spot. You nothing need would, it here in New York. You do need to have that. <laughs> and I, nothing would send me into a rage more than somebody who takes up two spots. Ugh. I used to live I used to live in this place in Jersey, and there was this one old couple who I fucking hate <laughs> because this son of a bitch would take up two spots to save the other spot for his awful wife. And they That's would go out not and I them. That's so I would fair. come home at one in the morning after doing gigs and see this shit stain <laughs> with his car taking up two spots. And I literally wanted to get behind and ram him forward right. and push his car. I hated those people so much. Well, I live in Hollywood and people do that so they don't get their car dinged. Uh, and that's even more obnoxious. Yeah, you should go by and scratch it like with a rock. Not this even This is a what you get, you motherfucker. <laughs> just, just take a nice big pointy rock and grind it against the side of the car. Yeah. Carlos Condit against Michael Chiesa, also a great fight. Um, you know, Chiesa's bouncing back from that loss. And who did Condit lose to to last time he fought? Um... Man, I'm just like blank today. That's okay, me too. There's, yeah. there's so many fights, there's so many divisions, and every weekend there's fights, you just you lose track. Yeah, I, I have a hard Matthew? time keeping up. Yeah, we all do. Oh, it was Cowboy Oliveira was his last one. Okay, was that was a pretty fast one too, first round? Uh, that went into the second round. That was fun while, while it lasted. Uh, and then Neil Magny was the one that he came back to after being out for a while. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, how that's sorry that's Kiesa moving up to welterweight that's his first welterweight fight oh it is okay oh yeah yeah, yeah. he said he didn't want to keep cutting yeah makes sense uh, maybe that's what kind of went into his last loss maybe he felt like he was a little uh you know a little fucking uh, beaten up from the, the weight yeah cut. for sure that's the thing that I'm thinking about with this Pettis Ferguson fight Pettis did look good I'm not taking anything away from his performance but Kiesa was definitely a little compromised going into that he missed weight he had a really hard weight cut so that's a factor but we'll see and Pettis looked great how old yes, is Pettis he 34. You always think Pettis is older because he's been around for so long. Right. Yeah, he, I don't even think he's 34. Let me say. And Sergio I think he's Pettis. around my age. Yeah, I think he is. He's, he's 31. 31. Wow, yeah. is he 31? Yeah. Same age yeah. as me. He's had such a fucking career so far, man. Yeah. It's one of those people who are like, oh, yeah, no, he's been around. Like, you know, he's a veteran of the game. But you go, wait a second. He's a very young guy. Yeah, he's a young guy. So you're, you're going, uh, you and Alice Cooper are, are tomorrow night in... Uh, in Albany, in what Albany. venue? I think Matt just walked in. I heard something. Gosh, Palace, Palace Theater. I want to say. I'd have to look. You know, we we do about two hundred dates a year, so they all sort of blend. Oh, okay. After a while, and uh, and I have uh, master classes at guitar centers on every single day off, so I do seven days a week. You do? Yeah. You take them. I give. Them. You, oh, you do give yeah. class because Randy. Give. I asked because Randy Rhodes used to take a classical guitar lesson every time he went somewhere. 
If only, yeah, <gasps> if only I could. But uh, but no, I actually, so these are uh, master classes that, uh, it's called a guitar clinic. And it's basically, you know, for anybody of any level to come and, you know, hear about the gear and ask questions, like, you know, like a big, huge glorified meet and greet and, and just hang. And it's a lot of fun. Who's your favorite guitarist? That's such a hack question, but I'm curious. You are at the Palace Theater, <laughs> Is it? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I knew one. Steve Vai. Steve Vai is my guy. He's your guy? Yeah, I saw, I saw the movie Crossroads. Uh, when I first started playing guitar, and that was the thing that just changed everything. For How me. come you don't like Tony Iommi? I do like no, Tony Iommi. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know anyone else that can play guitar like that, missing pieces of their fingers? I don't. And he was already playing by the time that happened. It was a factory accident. Tony Iommi, because he lefty in the three right, uh, the three right his fingertips. Fret fingers. What do they fret, call it? His fret hand. Fret hand. Yeah, yeah. The, the hand that holds the neck of the guitar and makes the notes. Any other guitar All player fake. on the planet will go, man. Wow. You know what? That sucks. I can't play guitar anymore. Tony Iommi. Have you seen that? No. Legendary. Look at Tony Iommi's finger. It's incredible. It's insane. That he did that before Paranoid. Yeah. And uh, I forget how old he was, but it was a factory accident where three three fingers came off. Yeah. Together. Yeah, and those guys, you know, they're they're from a steel town in the UK. You know, they're all factory Birmingham. kids. Yeah, in Birmingham. And oh wow, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Like you look at his hand, you go, "That's a professional guitar player." And it's funny because you know, growing up as as a chick playing guitar, people would look at my hands and go, "You don't play guitar. Look at your hands." Everybody would have said that about Tony Iommi. Why would they say <laughs> your hands too small? Uh, yeah, because you know, I have those little girl hands. <laughs> how much do you have to look when you're playing, and how much do you just figure out? Because I look at people playing guitar, and it's just it's incomprehensible. I practice without looking. So uh, by the time <laughs> I get on stage, I don't I don't look because I don't you know. Some people have to look. I think so, yeah. But I, you know, I've been doing this thing ever since I started playing, where I practice in the dark. You know, I'll practice standing up. The two things I always tell, you know, aspiring musicians is practice standing up and practice in the dark. Why practice standing up? Because when you sit down, the guitar is at one place in your lap, and then when you stand up, if you're a grown up, you drop your guitar down a little lower. And uh, and some people play it up high, like the classical musicians and stuff, and it's fine for classical players. But if you're playing rock guitar, you should sling that guitar down low like a real right. rock guitar player. And all of a sudden, your muscle memory is all gone because you've been practicing it with it, you know, eight, ten inches higher on your lap. Wow, what a great, uh, what a great suggestion. You would never know. All thin. Matt looks really thin. <laughs> I, don't I? And yeah. tan. Hi. Nita. Yes. Nita. Yes. What a nice name. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. How long's the show been going, everybody? About a half hour. Oh! Yeah. You just just, just to be fair, Nita, hold on. Can you, uh. What do you need? The what damn train. The train, man. Right, sit, 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 sit. I'll get you. Don't be a nervous, Nelly. The audience knows us by now. Nita's not. <laughs> she's not worried. Don't let me do that for you. Do you want my. Matt, you want a sip of mine? Huh? I oh, love those Zevias, by the way. Do you want a I'm obsessed. I have a coffee, but thank okay. you. I'm, I'm in dire need. I wish I had a coffee. Well, Chris didn't pay you any money. I got a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, which okay. is such a New York thing. What's that? I got a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I like a good Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I like it a lot. We don't, we don't really Chris have it. <laughs> well, he's doing his best. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts is not a thing in L.A. I mean, we have a Dunkin' Donuts oh, or two, but it's not really a thing. Nita, can I apologize? You Please missed don't. a lot, Matt. We no. covered a lot of ground. This is bad, like a first impression. Don't even worry about you know? it. I'm so we only started sweaty. No, I, no, no, It'd be worse if I was a really fat sweaty guy. <laughs> we, only started, we only started five minutes ago. But can I just tell you, I'm looking at the clock. Right. You did a half an hour. Do All I have right. any paper towel on my head? Not no, much. You're good. You know what's good about a bald head? I had the power walk here from, uh, first of all, it, it just in my defense. Why <laughs> Jimmy? <laughs> we would have started. It makes no sense because it doesn't get me close enough. We're at 37th in Madison. Oh, thir- I don't you're want to right. Tell the audience. 37th. They don't Freaks care. might show up. 37th. Well, you come. Uh, oh, you no, come to Grand Central. Yeah, I don't, you are. No, listen. I do too. 
I'm a strong island boy in no, the, in the New York jungle. How are you, Nita? So I'm nice good. to meet you. I heard Likewise. you are a uh, a avid uh, watcher of uh, MMA. Is that correct English? 100%. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. I, I think so. Yeah, no, no. Big fan. I was just saying before you got here, uh, I started watching a little late in the game, but uh, one of my first times being exposed to UFC was watching The Ultimate Fighter Season 6, watching oh, Team Hughes versus Team wow. Sarah. So I'm used to seeing sweaty Matt Sarah, yes. actually. Let me ask you, Nita, and I'm not, listen, I could tell you're an honest person. Yeah. Whose team were you on back then? To be honest, you could at be the totally beginning or honest. at the end. Whatever. <laughs> oh. oh no, she she didn't like me. In the be- I don't know. Wait, well, no, no, that could I, go either way. That could either be like she liked me in the beginning and then hated me by the end. No, as a or- as a new as a new fan, as a new okay. fan of any sport, you want to yeah. root for who's winning, right? Because you go, "Hey, this is exciting. They're the best." So oh my God, Nita's a flip flopper. <laughs> she started with me and she flip flopped. I, I have I have known to I have been known to be a flip flopper once upon a time, but now I'm pretty steady. But she's a bit. But that's also good that she's honest. I don't think we got to the bottom of it. So who's fair? Who was team were you on? <laughs> Uh, I was on Team Sarah all the okay, way. Yeah, yeah. Cool. all the way. I was <laughs> never a GSP fan until I began doing this podcast. Really? It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's wait a second. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, what did I miss? Just so I don't ask. We covered, um, well, I'll tell you if you jump. It's hard. We covered a lot. We co- talked about music a lot. We talked about UFC. Okay. Uh, watching the Conor Mayweather fight. Okay. Uh, did she? Talk, did you guys talk about the upcoming fight this weekend? We talked about it. All right. Bit, yes. I'm just I'm like um, what we thought was going to happen. I wanted to ask you guys something. Yes. I, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Yes, actually, Nita. Because I think that how the, do you guys <laughs> do it? <laughs> <laughs> the world of uh, of mixed martial arts and the world of music are so entwined. Uh, you know, because there's so many crossover fans, there's so many different things, and there's so many fighters that use such awesome entrance music. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you guys what some of your favorite entrances are, what some of your favorite music is. A great for, question. Like, my own or people? For like, other people. Or anything. Oh. Or, or, or anything, yeah. Well, personally, I liked Forrest Griffin's. What was his? Some, oh, uh, that, uh, something Yes, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's I like uh, the that dropkick Murphys. I loved Ronda Rousey's. I was going to say was That amazing. just suited her. And I love that she stuck with it in WWE. And her walk-in oh, was really she great, did, too. Huh? Yeah, she's still oh, using Bad Reputation Her fucking, uh, That's great. She had a great walk-in face. Like, I usually don't care about people's tense face. Right. But her walk-in face. Ronda had one of the best walk-ins in, in uh, UFC history. Totally. Do you know who's I like, too? Huh? John Jones had one he did. What? Where it was, uh, oh, so did uh, Anderson Silva. Mm. Ain't No Sunshine. Yeah. That Ain't was a no great sunshine. one. Yeah. Unexpected. Is that what it's called? No, no, no. I'm oh, saying it was, it was an unexpected choice. Why would I think know? that was called <laughs> unexpected? I'm a stupid <laughs> asshole. I am an asshole but you think they're gonna? you think everyone's going to come out to this song to get you super hyped up and coming out to Ain't No Sunshine well, is kind of a... John Jones had going. Yeah, this is what I think guys. As a musician, what do you, which ones do you like? Well, I was going to say Rhonda's because Rhonda's entrance music always got me super hyped it because because she's she was such a badass and still is such a badass. But it, Rhonda's, you know, coming out to I don't give a damn about my bad reputation like yeah. that just was so her. And she had so that cock and she had that spunk. Yeah, she came out right? fast. Zero. That Judica spunk. Mm-hmm. Zero smiling. I love her. I miss her arm locks. I I missed I miss I saw Rhonda. She was the co-main. It might have been Weidman. Silva, or it might have been Silva, someone else, where it might have been Silva Chael, mm. but where she was uh, the co-main and the energy around her yeah. coming out. I think it was against Misha. Mm-hmm. It was. It was that. Yeah, and then it was Weidman Silva too. The energy around her coming out. I mean, it yeah. was like a Tyson fight. You could not believe the amount of energy and excitement around her walking out. I will say this. Uh, I played at WrestleMania this year. I played one of the wrestlers' entrance music. What wrestler? Um, Shinsuke Nakamura. 
Oh my, my, uh, oh. my Sam would know who that is. I don't know wrestling. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm a big WWE fan as well, and, oh, and I was so there cool. for Ronda's mm-hmm. debut, and uh, and my boyfriend and I, you know, my boyfriend's a huge UFC fan, and we was snuck that him out the, there. That's him out he there. Yeah, in. that's Josh. He can go, come yeah. in. Yeah. Get him in. <laughs> Chris the producer. What? Look at Chris there the you producer. go. Leave him sitting out <laughs> there in the, the cold. <laughs> yeah, um, if he's a UFC fan, right? Big time. Unless you don't want him in. No, bring him in. What's his name? I want him in, Josh. Josh. I see him when I walk in. Yeah. Five okay. minutes? She's got to go? Is that what you're saying, Chris the, Chris the party pooper producer? Is that <laughs> you? You're not going to bring press tour you're doing? We you know are, I mean? yeah, yeah. What's up, man? I love short and stocky guys. <laughs> nice to meet you, man. I, I see you on the way in. She said you're a huge UFC fan, so I said, bring him in. Bring him in. She said, me and my boyfriend. Is that, I'm like, is that the stocky gentleman? We don't have a mic for him. With the Mike Tyson uh, punch-out shirt on? We share mics all the time. That gives you a... Head, uh, uh, you're got, uh, forgive me, though. You're in the band also? Um, he played drums on, oh, on the yeah. record and, awesome. and everything awesome. I did. So if you, hear, if you hear any of my solo stuff, that's Josh. Okay, that's cool. Stuff. Cool. Yeah. So you're a big UFC fan. Who do you have for this weekend? Man, um, you can't, it's hard to count Connor out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, the guy has such a, um, a presence of mind yeah. and knowing kind of like... He's very confident, and he backs up what he says. So his timing is impeccable. I just read about uh, Anderson Silva yeah. kind of said, hey, you know, whatever happens out through this weekend, I'd like to fight Connor." Didn't Connor mention what? Anderson too? Yeah. 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 All right, well, all right. Now I'm breaking news here. Out. We're getting kind of stupid, news. though, with that, yeah, aren't we? Silly. I don't, I don't, yeah, no, 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 Connor mentioned that. Anderson, and it's a very silly fight. I don't want to see You know what shit. I like, It'll though, never happen. Jimmy, you know what I liked when... Uh, Give me your first name again one more time. Josh. When Josh put on the headphones and started dropping some knowledge, Nita got so proud of her boyfriend. <laughs> I see it. She, got, she put the headphones on. She got all happy that he's in here. I love it. But So but with Khabib versus Connor, I'm so excited. I, I I'm so excited for this fight. I wait for this whole I love part. it. Um, you know, people are saying, I was listening to Brendan Schwab the other day. Uh, am I saying this? Schwab. I, Schwab. Brendan I like, Schwab. I like Brendan. Schwab. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a da- I, I can't. Schwab. I love Brendan. I, Brendan, all right? Uh, him, him, Sean, and Joe, I was him and Joe were talking, yeah. and he was thinking it was going to be like a dog fight. And uh, you might be right. I, yeah, I would love that. I don't know. I, I kind of was in and out. But he thinks he's I don't, don't want to get graphic because there's women in the room. But sometimes I watch YouTube clips when I'm, when I'm on the toilet, and it, so I don't get to finish it. Uh, I'm in a Josh. band. You know, all right. Cause you know, exactly. guys she shits on a bus. <laughs> so. No, no, you can't shit on the bus. Oh, yeah. that's the rule. Oh, right? No, that. no, no, no. That's you cannot do that. That should oh, be girls a don't do that anyway. That's, that's a true. great point. I stand corrected. But, but you can't do that on the bus. So wait. So uh, who is was Brendan? No, uh, I, I, was I don't think I got to the point. It was him and Joe. I watched it. He didn't say. He didn't pick a person, but he was. You know, he gave the kind of. Kind of like yeah. right now. Nobody's actually. Like, no, no, kinda, no, no, I'll tell you. You got to do our picks. Every yeah. t- listen, every time I say Khabib, every, every, everybody thinks I'm a Connor hater anyway, so I don't give an F. I like, nice. the, I like that certain parts of the show I clean up my language. Yes. All the times I just let it fly. Why do I, it's random. I feel, I feel, I feel that, that Khabib's going to get a hold of him. And when he does, it's going to be a fucking problem. People are saying that he's going to get out and get up. I don't think so. I think if he does get up, I guess what? I think Khabib, I think Khabib's on his back, lifting him and, and making his feet to the ceiling. And and it's so funny when people talk to me about this, like random people who meet me, they're like, "Who do you got?" And I tell them Khabib, their face change if they're really diehard what? fans, and they all of a sudden hate me. They're just like, <laughs> "Yeah, all right, we'll see." I'm like, "Hey, dude, hey, <laughs> calm down, guy. Well, calm the fuck well, you down." Know, when uh, Connor got tested with the wrestling was when he fought Chad. Yeah, and that was really interesting because he he had him on the ground. He was on top of him. He yeah. was you know pounding him. And, he got out, you know. Yeah, he Eventually, out. like Chad he's was tough enough to on a fucking hunting slash fishing trip. Yeah, and he I got pointed that out before. Literally, too. no yeah. camp, mm-hmm. and he got him down on the first fucking kick. Could be uh, listen. I'm not, see this? This is why people think I'm a hater. I like Connor, aggressive as 
fuck. Excuse me, Nita. You're in a, you're in a, she's in a band. band. I, I keep pointing out that Eddie Alvarez fight, man, that sticks with me. Eddie got schooled. He got fucking Dude, hammered. Connor was he so got him against accurate. the cage. Connor was throwing uh, booming lefts yeah. over. He was beautiful. In his, that fight. He still got him against the cage, though. Yeah, too. yeah, he did. His Imagine t- Khabib gets his him timing there. and his uh, his reflexes, man. It's just insane. Even know? if Khabib does get him against the cage, Listen. if Connor is landing on Khabib the way he was landing on Eddie, uh, Khabib's not going to. You know, Khabib's going to feel it, and Khabib will eventually get knocked down too. What makes I mean, it so? I'm sorry, Jimmy. Did I cut you? No, no, no. I was going to say. I mean, like you know, he's been hit, but I don't think he's been hit as hard or as accurately as Connor will hit him. No, that's what everybody says. It's like when they, they go in thinking that it's one thing, and then they get hit by Connor, and they go, "Oh shit, that guy hits a lot harder." Yeah. Because he's such a shit talker, you think like oh, it's all. It's like no, he really. He can't fight. Yeah. And to play devil's advocate, they also think that, hey, man, Alec Quinta got up. Well, this guy got up. Maybe I can get up. That's a bubble. That's also this. true. Uh, You're right. on his feet. No. Once Khabib gets a hold of him, holla, Chris the Medusa. No, I agree. Are we drawing swords? <laughs> no, Al's a different, it's a totally different skill set. Al fought Khabib yeah. well. I mean, especially on what, 18 Z- hours? Training for whatever. Paul yeah. Felder, yeah. 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 It's, that, was, uh, that was great watching him fight. Yeah. Fuck me, oh, fuck you. Who, yeah. me? Oh, Al Quinta is one of my favorite people on the planet. I wish, oh, you, yeah. I wish you would speak his mind on Twitter more. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I was a fucking animal. <laughs> After a, and every drink is like, gets worse. <laughs> it gets, it's great, though. Al's, Al's There's is nothing awesome phony game. about Al. No. I just want to see a good fight. You know, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, I don't want to see a one-sided thing. I mean, it's cool when you see the fast knockouts like the Jose Aldo one, but yeah. at the same yeah. time, a good no, fight would listen, be great. You're hoping for a dog fight. You want that kind of yes. epic Battle Gilbert but, Melendez, Diego Sanchez, but it is interesting. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah! Or, oh, no, or uh, Mark Anything Hunt against Diego Bigfoot. Sanchez. Oh, lord, <laughs> uh, that's, that's what you're hoping for. But with this, I with I, I tend to disagree. I feel with I think it's gonna go one way or the other. I think if the first two rounds, I think he's gonna be able to fucking that. That's uh, first round in particular is gonna show a lot yeah. because yeah. I feel if he cannot hurt him enough to. to, to uh, and to, to land those shots early enough on Khabib, then it's there. It could be uh, a very long night. Well, you, it's not done in the first two rounds, and I think Connor is a problem. A hundred percent, Nita. She's we, hitting that we nail were, on We were head. talking about that earlier. If it's not done in the first two rounds, and I think Connor and his cardio, yeah. that's where he's, that's where I watched Bar- got the, the edge. Oh, sorry, Nita. I watched the Barboza fight again in the first round of it. Yes. Just to see how he is fresh. And, um, you know, I mean, Edson was landing, but Khabib just smothers you and pushes you back. But when he's pushing, in the act of pushing you back, he's very aggressive. And uh, I think Connor will really capitalize on the fact that he's being aggressive and trying to pin you back against the cage immediately. Yeah. Well, and I think, I I forget what I was watching, but, or something I read, it made the point that people look at Connor as a counter striker more than anything. But that's, I mean, yes, to an extent, but that's really not true. He comes out very aggressive. He pushes the pace. He's throwing kicks. He's trying to push somebody up against the cage. So it's not really dependent on what Khabib does. It's just if Connor can come out and fight his fight. And not risk getting taken. You know, we'll see what happens with the takedowns. But I mean, it's he, it, he's he like he's he talks about himself as like a, a sniper and a sharpshooter, and he really is. But is it going to be enough to to slow him down to hurt him? I mean, once he gets a hold of them, it really is yeah. like sapping the strength out of you. Yeah, the same punches that could hurt him in the opening round after a round of that bear on top of you could be. <laughs> It, it could take a little snap out of those punches. Yeah, you know for what? sure. But the, but the Al landed late. You know, if you look in the fourth and fifth round, it's yeah. like Al might have won even one of those rounds. Or you know, I mean, he got taken down, but he yeah. could have won some of those. He was landing late 
also. So who knows? You know, Connor's old training partner, who's uh, he's tra- I don't remember his name. The, on the sheet here, Miles My- Price is the guy. Who used and to he's fight. now training with Khabib. Yeah. yeah, he said he's like a wet blanket on you. Ugh. He's just it's just an. <laughs> I think there's there's <laughs> levels. Yeah, <laughs> there's levels in both areas, and these guys are the highest level. In both those areas. But you got to think, you know. as long as Connor's been training, and he knew this fight was inevitable, right? Yeah. So he's probably been working on his wrestling for a bit, right? You would think mm. that his coaches are smart enough to go, hey, you know, this fight's going to happen. Let's work on that ground game, you know? Yeah, I mean. Maybe that time off from the Mayweather yeah, fight, yeah, that's what he focused let's on. Let's say six months, yeah. eight months, a year. A year. This Khabib was wrestling a bear at nine <laughs> years old. He's got <laughs> that's that. what, so it's like that strength of when you lock up with somebody – that's been rolling and grappling as long as could be. With bears. That's what they're talking about. With bears. <laughs> but the with, part the part that the makes Sambo. me think is uh, when Chad, even though he was on a fishing trip yeah. drinking, he had been wrestling his whole life. Yeah, yeah. still so, got him down several times. Yeah, easily. and Chad on easily. top. Chad on top's you know is brutal, but I don't. I believe there's a difference between Chad on top, without a camp, and. That guy, that freaking monster movie, Khabib. Look at that picture. I'm saying it because there's a picture of him on the screen. And look at him. Yeah. Oh my, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Well, you know when you look at you look at uh, like like uh, CM Punk. He had all that time. I think almost two years in between fights. Was a year in between fights. Yeah. Another, he had another, already laughing. Wait, 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 wait. I love CM. Wait. Another another oh, person that kept their same WWE music and UFC yeah. music because ah. CM Punk came out to cult of personality because we were talking about entrance yeah. music. Yeah. That's how this whole thing started. Ah. We were talking about Ronda using the same entrance music and uh, and CM Punk also used the same. Entrance music. I like him a lot, but he had a, a year, to, and he did improve in that time. He did improve his did ground he? game. Yeah, yeah, in that one. <laughs> Do your shadow boxing. Oh, it's like. <laughs> Who's <laughs> that? That's CM? That's a shadow boxing? That's awesome. Do either of you ever train? Because yeah. that looked Josh like you trade. No, yeah. Josh. What have you done? I've uh, trained uh, Muay Thai. I trained with uh, Boss for a while. I love Boss. He, oh, he was just here last week. Oh, this oh really? Week, actually, yeah. Oh, he's awesome. What was that last week, Matt? He's awesome. It was last that week. That was last week. What's today? Yeah, yeah. Okay. today's fucking what? what we only have it? two minutes left, by the way, with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gotta... man. Well, that what? sucks. I feel like I just got here. <laughs> feel like <laughs> I saw you come in outside. I was like, was he on like on the phone you doing this? Run? What's that? When you came in, I was like, was he on the phone the whole time? No, oh, man. I was like, <laughs> oh, you thought I was in here? I thought you were like doing it remotely. No. A matter of fact, well, I'm gonna hit you up after this before I don't want to waste the last 30 seconds talking about you finding an ATT store. I need a piece for my phone because never mind. <laughs> okay. We're gonna we'll, talk we'll about talk that about after. Later, yeah. We gotta pee anyway and take All a right. break, but I want to give you guys I the want proper a plug. Yes. Um, the plug is with the uh, the name of the album is Controlled Chaos. Nice comes out November the sixteenth. Um, of course, Nina Kraus, uh, Strauss, sorry, Nina Strauss, and um, Josh, her boyfriend, is also the drummer. There is bass, by the way. There is bass. I played it. Yes, <laughs> and the, uh, the you know the video doesn't have it, and people are giving you shit. Isn't it funny yeah. how people see that and go, "There's no bass," but it's like yeah. you dummy, there is. Right? Yeah, there is. The people people hear with their eyes. Do you do covers at all? Uh, there's one cover on the record. It's a Queen cover. Oh, oh yeah. I love Queen. I'm yeah. sorry to yell. <laughs> what song is it? It's The Show Must Go On. Uh, yeah. I don't know that one. Uh, uh, it's, are you fucking around? Really? No, I might know. I just don't. You, you'd what, know it if you heard it. What do you have against Queen, Jimmy? <laughs> Nothing. I behave like one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a, Can we get a picture with you guys? Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. And now we're going to pee. We got Tony Ferguson coming up. Why do you have to add and we got to pee? Can't we just say we're taking a break? I like truth. Okay. <laughs> UFC Bantamweight champion, TJ Dillashaw, loves to fight. He loves the strategy. That's why he's so good at it. You know what else he loves? I do. What? 
Toyo tires? Because like TJ, Toyo tires are as tough as they come. That's the reason they're the official tire of the UFC. That's not an accident. There's a lot to love about Toyo tires. They have an aggressive design, proven on and off-road capabilities. Tires for any weather and the toughness to back it all up. There's a confidence that comes with tough tires. So no matter what you're driving, no matter where you're driving, you can count on... Toyo tires! I like to keep people in suspense. It worked. Tough tires are loved by tough people. If you're tough, these are the tires for you. Toyo tires. The next time you need tires, ask for Toyo. They're the official tire of the UFC. Learn more at toyotires.com backslash UFC. toyotires.com backslash UFC. What up, everybody? This is CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. And here's a little taste of what we talked about on this week's pull-up podcast. Very special mini post-game seven episode of pull-up. An epic game seven in Denver. 37 points back-to-back essentially closeout buckets. Why were you so successful last night? I think it just really came down to my demeanor and mindset. Empty the clip, leave nothing out there. I wanted to say I did everything in my power and I left all my bullets out there on the court and didn't bring anything home. How do you shift to a completely new animal, an absolute monster in the Warriors? In the playoffs, it just comes down to X's and O's and execution more so than anything else. The Warriors aren't going to run a lot of plays. They're going to run a lot of misdirection out of timeouts and late clock situations. But most of it's going to be mid-pick and roll. It's going to be pin downs and flares and things of that nature for Clay and Steph in a lot of transition. So you have to guard the three-point line, get back in transition, and make it as difficult as possible on them. Don't forget to... Subscribe and listen every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. After a stressful game, it's only natural to need some well-deserved rest. Upgrade your current sleep situation because Mattress Firm is offering the best bed deal of the year. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price for savings of up to 700 bucks. Plus, take home a free adjustable base up to a $699 value. That's $699 for a free You'll only find these deals during Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. So don't miss your chance to start sleeping like a pro. Shop now at mattressfirm.com sale. There's nothing worse than being uncomfortable in bed. It's, it's horrible. You're not rested the next day. You suck at work. Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale is offering the best bed deal of the year. Save up to $700 when you get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price plus... Take home a free adjustable base that's up to a $699 value, free. Visit mattressfirm.com slash sale for more details. Hey, Tony. How you doing, buddy? Tony! Yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? Dude, I'm so happy this is really you, and I see Jimmy right next to me, so I know <laughs> it's really you. Tony, I talked, I seen you in person since that... Uh, prank phone call jimmy did on me uh you did boot me and uh it was horrible tony because i like you so much as a fighter <laughs> and i like your i like your style man i always watch your training That's videos cool. and i and i got myself after that phone call i kept until i seen you i was like i don't i don't know if i like him I'm, I, I, something was in my head i felt like it was yeah. really you <laughs> yeah yeah no coach it's not me it wasn't me it was I a know. good acting though i mean I, I, I was kind of upset at first but i mean i could realize that's like but i was like man do i really sound like an asshole no <laughs> no you I, don't i wasn't even jimmy doing, i wasn't explain even, yourself i wasn't even doing your voice <laughs> i couldn't believe it worked i was just i figured matt would know it's me it was like a little little kid is trying to fool his parents around mm. the corner i mean there's no way he's gonna think this is tony I thought it was cool. I got to see Coach Sarah afterwards, which is dope anyway. So, I mean, it was dope. I mean, I, I really look up to you, Matt. I mean, oh, man, I you're one of the guys that. that actually fought GSP and put him away. So it was cool oh. as fuck to, like, meet you and like that. 
Hey, so, man. Respect. Hey, much respect, dude. I, uh, I've been saying for a while, uh, you know, that I really enjoy your style. What I really enjoy is that you really enjoy it. You look the most at home. When you're fighting, and when you do that El Kakui dance, let me tell you something. I'm, dude, I'm, you're feeling it, and I'm. Everybody watching it knows that you love being in there. How, when did you realize that you were a fighter, Tony? Early on. Um, I've always been a competitor. Um, you know, fighter. I've always been a fighter too. But as far as a competitor goes, I just I love the art of competition. Just to be able to prepare for an event, to be able to to go through all the bullshit and then you know obviously like weigh-ins and wrestling you make weight you get to wrestle and to be able to do that inside like an octagon and have like cameras on you and have the whole world watching it's it's a different kind of feeling man and to be comfortable in there to be able to dance you really have to fucking prepare really well and if i didn't prepare well i wouldn't obviously be dancing inside that cage but <laughs> when you guys do see that that's in the zone yeah, the flow zone, man. And it's one of the best feelings in the world, and I can't explain it, man. It's just you're just in the zone. And dude, how long ago did you actually have your surgery? Because I think you're, you're you're back a lot faster than people thought you'd be. I think it was like five months. Five months, I think it was, and they told me what, eight months to like six months to a year. And I just kind of just I knew my body. I knew like I've been through a couple of surgeries before, and I just I was really determined, man, just to just kind of just tell people that I can do it. Um, and one of the PTs I met, he kind of like shook my hand in a way I didn't really like him, and I just took it. I took to my talked to my wife and I talked to my doctors, and I just really went after it. I, I went after my nutrition. I haven't drank since February. Um, you know, I quit drinking, you know, just because I like the way my body's feeling and how it's reacting to different things. And I really took on this health and wellness and recovery, like it was just like my business. And I had a lot of good mentors that they gave me the tools I needed. And as soon as surgery was done, I had one of these guys came over and hooked me up with this red light laser, the Thor laser. And they have the same thing at the Performance Institute. And it helped with my recovery, helped with like breaking down like the scar tissue. And man, I fucking, I just really went after it like it was a fight camp. I had to think about it like that. And here we go, man. I'm, I'm here fucking fighting this weekend. And you didn't like your your, uh, your physical therapist when you first met him? Did, did you turn around and start to like him, or, or, did, or did it motivate you just to get better faster? I think it motivated me to get better faster. I mean, it was... Some people just rub you the wrong way, or just some just people just don't click. It's not like he wasn't good or not bad. It was just, for me, it was a challenge. Like, I love challenges. I'm a competitor. So when somebody tells me, you know, this is how long it's going to take, and then... I went to his place and I looked at everything and I was like, dude, you have the same shit that I have in my academy. Like, I have turf, I have my mats, I have my stuff, I have my recovery units, I have my Normatex, I have my Hyperize, I have my PBM modulators. I was like, I have my hot and cold contrast in my aqua therapy. Like, I, I, there, was, there was different things that I, I saw there and I've been through a lot of PT places and I just, I was like, fuck it. I was like, this dude doesn't even know me. He had like NLF or the National Football League people, he had Major League Baseball players, Major League Soccer players, but the one people that he didn't have was UFC. And so I kind of like took it upon myself, I was like, look man, this guy's going to have me doing a lot of these traditional type of workouts, right. um, traditional type of ways to heal my body, and here I am, I have a fucking cadaver graft in my leg, and I don't know, you know, if the guy was athletic or not, you know what I mean? So I kind of just took it upon myself to... Really just took the reins, man, and just fucking went after it. And I'm, I'm glad I did. It was such an eye-opening experience. Um, I, I set little small goals for myself, Matt and Jim. I, I, I went out, I started like a guard for my kid just so I could start lifting things um, and just kind of just start moving around. I, I remodeled my kitchen. 
you know, I started reading a lot more, started studying and just, just started taking care of my health and making smoothies and just little small goals, man. I just kept setting for myself and I started crushing them every fucking day. So I had to renew those goals for myself every night. And the, the first part of surgery sucked. I'll, I'll be real with you. It was the fucking, like the worst. As soon as I got a surgery, I took a couple 20 pound weights and I started lifting them as much as I fucking could just to put it in my head that, yeah, you ain't going to fucking sit here. You're not going to fucking feel sorry for yourself. You're going to fucking do something about it. So yeah. I went to work, man. I noticed that. That's the one thing. I, I, you were very positive throughout this, and, and I should say focused, like you were talking about, during this whole process. It would have been very easy. I, I don't feel I'm a bitch, but I think I might have been bitching a little bit about tripping, about losing this, yeah. the belt over this. I might have been sour grapes. And if you were, you weren't bitching about it, man. You just got to work. So that's, that, that shows your mindset, man. Very impressive. Let's fuel for the fire. What am I going to do? Sit there and bitch exactly. more about it? I mean, I, I did. You know, I gave myself one day. Yeah. That's, that's what I was taught. I was taught, give yourself one day. You know, after a tournament, if you lost, you gave yourself one day to sulk about it, do whatever the fuck you want, mope about it, cry about it, whatever the fuck you want. But instead, like, I think that the pressure and the the pain that I felt when I was in bed, yeah. like, literally, I, it was it was unbearable. It was fucked up. And I couldn't sleep, so I fucking got up, and I would start doing these little projects, man, just to keep my mind fucking busy, and just to keep my body active and the blood flowing. And I mean, my wife was there changing my ice, like in this, like in this compact thing, and she she would help me make my dinner. Like as soon as I kept getting better, I would show up to the facility and I would tell the, my my crew, "Be like, hey, I'm gonna be here. So if you guys can be here, I would I would love it." And they would show up, and I, and I saw that they would show up for me, so I kept upgrading my facility. I kept getting new things. I kept, you know, I added turf. I added some, like, small things to my, my facility. I, I built a lot of relationships. I mean, I wrote emails to these sponsors, man, myself, to, like, tell them, be like, hey, I want to work with you guys. You know, I'm, I'm very capable. I'm very able. I'm very genuine in my art, which I love. And, and recovery and health and wellness is my, my, my bag. And I, I really believe that if our brands align, we can work in the near future. Hey, have you ever used up... P- Sorry, Tony. Have you ever used, like, PRP shots or any of that stuff with, with, the, with, with a... Uh, with the, the was it platelet rich blood or something? Have you ever used that to heal? The PRPs? Yeah. I've had it in my elbow. Does it help? That's fuck, it hurts like hell. It <laughs> does. No, I, I know. I'm just curious if it actually helps with injuries. No, I don't know. I mean, shit. If you're gonna be, I just remember there was like a big old bubble in that shit, and it just shit just hurt. <laughs> it just hurt like crazy. You know what I think's brilliant? I love. When did you start training with? Um, Master Eddie Bravo. Was that early on in your career, or did you get to him later? With Coach Eddie? Yes. I was actually handed over like a joint. It was funny. One of my coaches, <laughs> of my coaches there's only a certain amount of like uh, technique that somebody can get you and kind of push you far. Yes. And that was, that's been like the whole entire trip when uh, in my jiu-jitsu journey. I actually started over at uh, Templar Costa Mesa. Oh. And with a guy named Casey, and he gave me the time of day, man. I asked him, I was like, teach me how to pass guard. And he took he took he took the liking to me, man, and I actually worked with him really well, and the team was amazing. And they saw that, like, my, my level of thinking and my level of creativity was a lot higher than what it really was. And so they, they talked me into, like, HQ over in Ten Planet, and literally Coach Eddie opened, welcomed me with open arms, man. It was probably one of the coolest things mm-hmm. I probably ever did to surround myself around people doing what this sport is really about 
I mean, I, I've tried ghee before, and yeah. I, it was just it was kind of weird for me. I mean, just people just grabbing on my pants and just doing this kind yeah. of thing, and learning how to break grips. But so the, the the system which Eddie had already installed was kind of like how I was a freestyle wrestler. So it really matched up really well, and I, I take it serious. Every single time I learn, I I don't know. I go like 150 percent into learning it and to making it my own. And fuck, dude, that was what four or five years ago. Yeah, not to mention, man, yeah, your body type is 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 amazing for that for Eddie's style, that clinching style, nogi style, where. With the high guard, with the rubber guard, and all that stuff, your body just seems like made for that style. So I think that's great. When I've seen you aligned with him, I'm like, oh, this is interesting, man. That's great. Yeah, it's it really actually works out. I mean, the way that he has a system and how he uses his verbiage to be able to help you remember the the names. I mean, reverse case of Katami. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a good one. You know, as far as like, I'm still want to get my black belt in the gi. Yeah, that's, that's something I want to do. Um, I just want to keep stacking these accolades and these chips, like how, I, how I've been saying, just these talents, just keep keep adding them up. And his his art, obviously, you know, comes from, like, John Jacques Machado. Yeah. And one of my other coaches, I had it from Frangia Miller. And, you know, even one of my other ones, Rodrigo Comprito, they would always tell me, you're going too fast, Tony. Yeah, You're going to miss these opportunities. And I never really got it because I was always that, that, that fighter or that wrestler that would always yeah. try to do things fast. Yeah. Right? How, how fast can I pin this guy? All right, cool. Give me like five to ten seconds. That's that's what I want to do. But they would tell me to slow down. You're missing all these opportunities, and and there here you have my Dars from fucking you know Frangia, and then you have like a lot of my my different types of moves. Like even when Kevin Lee had me against the cage and going into Butterfly Mountain and pushing him off, these are different things that we prepared for when we were game planning over in Big Bear. You know, and Coach Eddie actually made the trip up there. He brought a crew that was awesome. We, we worked out really well. It just really clicked, man. Just you have to know, not just one art in this industry. Hundred percent. Yeah, that I broke my fucking arm in that stuff against Michael Johnson. I had to learn really quick from Muay Thai. Now, so. yeah, to, uh, Tony. Another thing that that sticks out when I see a lot of your your training videos, and I love it, but because uh, I'm an old school, I, I moved from that to once I started learning jujitsu. But my father was an old school Wing Chun man, so I had a wooden dummy in my garage growing up. <laughs> So I would uh, practice with that all the time. I see you using the wooden dummy in some of your training, and I fucking love it. How did you get exposed to the wooden dummy? Just one day, I just I wanted to just open up a, just some of my game, and I was like, I fucking ended up just getting one. Um, the rope around it, the uh, around the dummy was kind of just loose, and I just looked at it, and it was a it was one of the these pieces that somebody like kind of I just kind of bought it from them, and it was used, and I can tell that it was used well, and in the spots where I, I was hitting it. I could feel like in my forearm starting to become a little bit more calloused. Yeah. And I could see that my hands were really fast. And I've hit the speed bag for a long fucking time. I'll be real with you. I've hit it for a long time. Yeah. And so all the tools in my gym, I kind of got bored. I kind of just kind of like was like, okay, there needs to be something else out there that can help me elevate my skill set and my hand-eye coordination and just having fun. <laughs> yeah. Shit, watching Jackie Chan rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> that dude... You know what I mean? And watching yeah. Bruce Lee, it, it was just enough time just for me to be able to be like, you know what? I want to try that shit. That and is awesome. I actually learned from one of my, my seafoods uh, from Kung Fu Five Animals out in San Diego. And he taught me a couple forms. And it really worked. And I've gotten some heat, too. People are like, why don't you hit it right? And I'm like, dude, just chill the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just relax. It's like, I do hit it right. I know what I'm conditioning. I know this is mixed martial arts for me. And I don't have one of those atom dummies in wrestling yet. So... Yeah. This right here actually worked out really well. 
And Tony, when you first got, uh, you know, when you first had the injury uh, before this uh, Khabib fight, did you know immediately kind of like, uh, this is really bad or, or did you have a little bit of hope until the next day or could you tell immediately? I started working out and when, as soon as I stopped, my legs kind of started to atrophy and it kind of was funky. I even did a dance and I kind of was like, all right, afterwards. And I told the guys, I was like, I'm going to fucking try to put the Norma Tech on. I was like, it kind of feels funky. Like if you're feeling sick, you know what I mean? You don't feel, you don't immediately feel sick. You kind of feel something coming on. Right. My body started settling, and it just didn't feel right, man. Yeah. I tried to fucking get up and move, and it just it didn't feel fucking right, dude. It, it's, it was probably one of the shittiest things I fucking went through. And who do you, uh, how do you see the main event going? I mean, no, I mean, obviously, one of two ways. Uh, you know, it, it, it depends on how long it goes, I think. But uh, what are your feelings on it? Uh, to be real, honestly, I think um, Khabib's over, I mean, he's going to be overpowering for Connor. Uh, Connor's got, obviously, a lot of striking, and his boxing's been... Um, upped in his footwork and his hand-eye coordination, obviously. I mean, I respect both these fighters, but uh, you know, I always say I want to see a double knockout in the UFC, so hopefully they knock each other the fuck out. <laughs> and are you surprised at how good Pettis has looked lately and how fast he has come right back into the mix? Uh, no, not really, but he's been jumping weight classes. He's been jumping weight classes, and his body has to change in order to drop down to 145. You become a little bit more brittle or you become a little bit more frail taking those kind of a cuts. And your body doesn't really adjust to it right away. I mean, he did take a game fight against Michael Kessa, but I beat the shit out of Kevin Lee, you know, who beat Michael Kessa. And this is an MMA math, and obviously Anthony Pettis is a different competitor. Sure. But he's nothing I haven't seen before in an Edson Barbosa, who was probably at the top of his game. And like I said, this whole entire fight camp, I've cleaned it up. My diet, my mental, my physical, my emotional. I'm really centered. I'm really focused. So I think this guy might be overlooking me. Um, even if he has all the fucking film and all the stuff around me for this fight camp, we prepared really diligently as far as Tenpai Jiu-Jitsu, making sure that this dude isn't going to fucking have anything. I prepared really diligently on my Muay Thai with my coach, Coach Billy Fanua, and he's just one of those dudes that just, he's hardcore, man. He worked with uh, Brandon Vera, uh, Shogun Hua, and he's worked with uh, Junior Dos Santos, and he understands that I don't fuck around with my Muay Thai. I don't fuck around at all. Like, if you want to throw some elbows, you want to throw some knees and kicks, that's my dude. That's my coach. That's my that, that's that's crew right there, and I have a crew in Muay Thai, and I, I take like I said, I take my shit seriously. I go and I kick these rubber mats and I do all this, and he kind of he doesn't laugh at it. He knows it's good for me because that's what kind of fighter I am. Like if you fucking wrap my hands in like a Muay Baran fucking type of rope Muay Thai, trust me, I'll feel if I can ride in there. Like that's I feel real comfortable. And have you? Could we ask Dana? We had him on the other day. If you know, again, the, you never know what's going to happen. So many times things go wrong where again the fight's supposed to happen doesn't happen so are you prepared for the possibility that they may come to you the day before and go look there was an issue with the main event do you want to match up with one of these guys absolutely uh, absolutely i prepared really different for this fight like i said i prepared for i mean put it this way i've been training around the clock I've been training around the clock just how, like, uh, you know, in, in certain cases where people are just like, as soon as you get towards fight, you're going to sleep less and you're going to fucking start fighting more. And that's how I've taken this approach in wrestling. You don't just take it easy all the way up until the fight. No, you fucking go down and go hard all the way up until weigh-ins. And then even if your homies are fucking cutting weight and they didn't make weight, you're cutting weight with them if you're a leader on the team. And that's how I've taken this approach. I've taken this approach saying, if any of these guys need to fall, if they're going to fall out, if they're going to fucking pull some shit it don't matter I don't give a fuck I'm gonna go in there I'm gonna worry about my game I prepared for Khabib what four times I prepared for Conor what once when he didn't take the fight and I prepared for fucking this guy and Anthony Pettis but I'm not worried about what I can't control 
I'm only worried about right now my conversation with Jim Norton and Matt Serra. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I'm not alone in this saying that I'm happy you're back, Tony. I'm yeah, happy yeah. you're back, man. Me too, man. It's just <laughs> awesome. You know, yesterday at the media day it was kind of a fun thing. It's just, and then today, and then just tomorrow, it's the whole aura of the fight week, yeah. man, and the fans, and just coming up, asking for autographs, and just taking pictures, and just, it's not the reason why I do it, but it's cool to see the fans' faces, man. Like, seriously, these guys are spending the hard, hard-earned money, like, to buy our pay-per-views, you know, and they're not, they're not doing it, like, out of malice. They're doing it because they want to, and because they love it, and they love the art of the competition. I mean... I, I try to explain to everybody, if you haven't been to a UFC event, y'all need to get your fucking asses there. <laughs> like, and seriously, it's like a monster truck, really. It's like, it's, that's the kind of vibe that you get. You're just like, what the fuck? And when the lights go out, and then when they come on, and you have the music, and the walkout, and then you're in there, and then you have the fight itself, and then, yes. you know. Yes. Like, and Bruce Buffer gets you ready. Bruce Buffer fucking <laughs> was a huge part of it. Seriously, man. I mean, it, the whole entire aura is just awesome. I, I can't. I, I talk a lot, but I'm not trying to talk too much about it. But it's just one of those, it's one good, of those fucking man. things. Even just, just even just sporting the Reebok out there. You know, I, I'm not trying to shout out Reebok, but even getting your bag of like your equipment during fight week and signing the posters, like that's the kind of stuff that makes it all good, man. He loves like, it. Kind of just like, yeah, he loves it's, it. It's you awesome. love everything around yes. it. You love everything surrounding it. You love the fight. You love even the training, getting up to it. You love all of it. Yeah, I really do. I don't like the weight cut. The weight cut's not too much. I mean, sure. but it it doesn't really hurt me. Like I said, I've been cutting weight for almost thirty years, so I mean, it's just one of those things you have to do and just be diligent with. And I've just, like I said, I've been cutting weight since about five months ago, since my fucking my my real surgery. So my diet's been really good. I mean, my skin. Everybody's looking at me like, man, you look fucking younger. Well, shit, man. I took away all the bad habits and I put good ones in. Right. That's fucking awesome. And also, dude, I don't think there's any way Anthony Pettis is looking past you. I mean, you, you kind of mentioned that. I, I mean, he, he, he's, he couldn't be looking past you. It's fucking El Kakui. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll say that's not a possibility. There's, there's no way Pettis no is way. looking uh, beyond you. I think you. I just put that in my head, you know, so I, I know that he fucking pisses me off. I'm like, hey, dude. He's like, what? Quit looking at me, man. Like, fucking what, Waterboy? <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking great. <laughs> no, don't hurt me. That's fucking great. Well, dude, we're happy you're fighting, dude. It was heartbreaking when, when that happened, but look, you're back. You're the no, co-main, you and Pettis against co-main to Connor and, and Khabib. It's an incredible uh, card from beginning to end, and uh, we can't wait to see this fight, dude, and we're really, really happy you're back. Thank you. I really appreciate it, man. It's finally cool to talk to you guys. Yes, yeah, we're happy we finally got you, and it's nice to talk to the real Tony. Good luck, champ. Thanks, guys. Thank you, buddy. Later, Tony. All right, that was fun, man, to finally have him on. Yeah, you know he's what I mean, one of Jimmy? my favorite fighters ever. I love Tony Ferguson. That was great to have him, man. Dude, you can't fake that passion, man. He enjoys no. every second of it. Um, I picks! Love Let's do picks! I love Wait, what's Tony. What's tonight? Yeah, today's, yeah, yeah. today's we Thursday. We got to do fucking picks! Today's Thursday. The hell, man? Okay, let's start. Michelle Waterston versus uh, Felice Herrig. Man, yeah. that's a, that is a... Oh my God. I was looking, by the way, this main card, actually everything from Pettis Formiga on to the main event, there's nobody ranked less than 12th on this card. And basically everybody's in the top 10. It's just a great card. I'm taking <sighs> Michelle Watterson. Okay. By decision. I almost hate to... Uh, this is a rough one for me because... I remember we were talking yet the other day, Jimmy, and you were saying that uh, that you know Felice comes from a kickboxing background, but she's—I'm really impressed with her her grappling. I really am, and I think 
it's rough because I like Michelle Waterson so much. I yeah, really do. I do too. And I like her as a fighter. I I like, but I I think styles make fights. I think possibly we're going to see a back take from Felice. Uh, maybe I don't want. I, it's not that I don't. I like Felice too. I'm friends with a coach. Why am I such a nice guy? <laughs> you are. Everybody says that you are. Nobody such a nice says. Guy. First of all, no, no they who, don't. Who says that? And, and I'll tell you who says it. Everyone not but Chris, me and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you guys cursed at me when I was a little bit late. Today. No. All right. Um, all right. So uh, I'll take Michelle. You'll take Felice. You're taking Felice by what? So, some one round submission. Man, you know what? I, not. It's not that. Mm, I'm just. Thinking, I mean, Michelle says she did break that habit of that throw, yeah. right? She said she broke that habit because that could yeah. get her in trouble. So she maybe she learned. I might be basing it on that. Am I basing it on that? I hope not. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna take. All right, don't hate me, Michelle. I'm gonna take Felice by. Uh, I'm gonna say by decision, but okay. it could be a rear naked choke. But should I say rear naked choke? I think. Who, Go with what, your heart. Give me Karate Hottie's last two fights. I know she beat um Caitlin. Not Caitlin. Yes, Caitlin. Who'd she just beat last? Uh, her last win was over Courtney Casey. Casey, was a sorry. Decision. And then she had a loss to Tisha Torres' unanimous decision, and she got submitted by Rose. By Rear Naked Choke? Rear Naked Choke. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she probably made those corrections, but you never know. Felice is such a good back taker. I really enjoy Felice's jiu-jitsu. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I'm getting off the fence. Leave me alone. What do you got? Say it. I don't want to say it. Say I don't, don't want to. Say it. Felice, Rhea Naked Choke, third round. There you go. Yeah. The, the, I'm taking Felice by decision. And I love Michelle Waterson. I think it's going to be a really fun fight. The, I, I, to me, like she was saying when we interviewed her, actually, on, on Tuesday. Did you ever see Michelle Waterson and Holly... Uh, yeah, yes. do yes, that. Do the oh, okay. challenge. I saw. They not. They, they, they do the challenge. Um, but go ahead. She, she's an atom weight. You know what I mean? Like she's small for that division. Yeah. Uh, Michelle. Felice is a, a bigger girl for that division anyway. Her wrestling, her grappling. I think that is going to be the the factor in the fight. So I'm, I'm going to go. Felice. Did you ever hear Ice Cube and the Lynch Mob? When they would say, fuck Grape, Ape, and Magilla. I'm a killer. Magilla Gorilla. He ain't a killer. No. All right. Let's get back to um, the picks. Okay. I'm going to say Derek Lewis Oof. versus Volkov. Volkov. I'm saying Derek Lewis is going nuts on Drago. And he's going to say, listen, I'm making up. This is what Derek Lewis, do with the Black Beast Derek Lewis is saying. This is what he's saying. Uh -huh. He's not saying it, but I'm going to pretend I'm him. Forget about that, lad. People are thinking I'm gun shy. This is, I'm not there. This is me pretending I'm Derek Lewis. Jimmy. I am saying. Okay. Yes, all right. I didn't know. You. All right. Don't think this is really him. He didn't no, know. No, no, no. And this is what he's saying. This is what he's saying to himself, I would imagine. I'm going to make up, everybody. I'm going to make up for what I did that last fight when I was a little gun shy. And I'm going to knock out Alexander in the first round because that's the type of guy Whoa. I am. I'm the Black Beast. You don't call me the Black Beast by, by not you know pulling the trigger. I'm going to pull the trigger. My back feels better. I'm pulling the trigger. Yep. First round KO. It's going to be. It's going to be devastating. Second round KO, Derek Lewis. I take Derek in the second round. All yeah, right, I have. Uh, All right. I did my picks last night. I also have Derek Lewis by second round knockout. Vol Let's say this, though. This what? is a very interesting fight. What Volkov's is that? great. Who did he just knock out Volkov? He knocked out Verdum in the oh, fourth right. round. So, he, he, I mean, he can do it. And he's got cardio, and he can avoid being taken down. 100%. Yeah. But I think Derek Lewis, I what, think he's corrected his yeah, back he, problems. He's shit, feeling man. good, and Doesn't he's got hit unbelievable power. Oh, well, listen. I'm taking Derek Lewis as well. Now the third fight. Also a, a fight no one is really talking about. Uh, Dominic Reyes. Ovin St. Pru. I love OSP. I fucking... Just because he was, A, great on this show. Yep. 
and a fun guy to watch fight. I will never pick against OSP. This is experience versus a stud who's... Did he finish every single fight he's in? He, in devastating fashion. No, he has one decision, but he's eight. Eight out of nine have been stoppages, and he's nine and zero. Oh. Who was his last fight? Uh, it was Jared Cannonier. He knocked him out, and the f- halfway through the first. Yeah, round. Well, no that, offense to Jared, but he's no a- OSP. He's not taking not yet OSP second Talking. round submission. All right, Jimmy, I'll take your OSP second round submission, mm-hmm. and I'll match you, Jimmy. Wow. I'll match you. I'm going to get the same thing as you, Jimmy. Okay. I think he's going to beat him in the second round. Yeah. Um, I Last fight, OSP beat Tyson Pedro. He submitted him. But he got hurt early in that in that fight. Ooh. And I had OSP. Ooh. I had Tyson Pedro winning by first round knockout. Ooh. He staggered him. OSP survived it and ended ah. up winning by armbar. I think it's going to happen again. I'm going with Dominic Reyes first okay. round. Oh, you think he's the Devastator is going to do it in devastating Yeah, he's fashion. so aggressive. All right. This is what I'm taking now. I'm taking El Kakui. Yeah. He's fucking back. Oh, he's back. <laughs> Pettis is tough, but I think uh, I think the third round, uh, I think TKO Ferguson. I think that mm, Pettis is tough as fuck, though. He's very tough. He's tough. He's, he's, he's crafty on the floor, too. I'm taking I'm taking Tony Ferguson by decision, actually. You know, I, okay. that's exactly what I'm taking. Tony by decision. Yeah. I think Pettis is very hard to put away. Um, and again, Tony has been out for a little while, so you don't know how that affects somebody when they first come back. Or is the first round a little bit uh, more... He- who def- I don't know. You know, He may go balls to the wall, or maybe the first round you feel it out just a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, with him, I mean, here's the thing. He's coming up, he's out for a little bit. He has the surgery. But you watch these videos of him. It's like that mentally, he's not worried that that knee is screwed up. He's, no, he's, he's not. He's doing no. everything he does. Mentally, does, he's so. where he should be. This yeah. first round, I mean, this, this fight has title implications for both of these guys. Yeah. So I think that, you know, my again, thinking like a fucking just a watcher of the sport, both guys, just like Ngannou and Lewis, may be worried about making a mistake at first because it's a huge sure. fucking fight. So I say by decision, I'm taking Ferguson. Yeah, I have Ferguson by decision also, but then I also keep thinking, like, how is it going to end up being a decision? Like, I just feel like a submission, a knockout on either they're side. They're both so good standing yeah. and on the ground. I mean, I they're, they're but, but I'm, I'm going to take decision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Main event. Main event. Let me do the Who's drum roll the main on this. Event? <laughs> Let me do the drum roll on our machine here. <laughs> Cards on the table, boys. Oh, oh it's not working. Wait, who's in the main event? It's. Uh, oh. I think it's some guy. It's this Russian uh, guy oh. and this other Irish guy. Boo. He hasn't fought in a while. Terrible improv. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> you improv, Dean Thomas. All right, listen. Yeah. That was fucking. I don't great. know who to take. I, dude, I have been going back and forth with this, which is that to me is what a great fucking matchup is. Khabib. You go back and forth. Of course, I've thought of taking Khabib. Yeah. Um, <gasps> yeah. Jimmy, are you part Irish? But I have to go. <laughs> He's not doing anything, Jimmy. So you make your pick. You do. I'm gonna make my pick because you're on that dreaded fence. Yeah, I am. I'm not this on the fence. Feels good in my honey. It does Jimmy? You're right on the pole. <laughs> Listen, this is what I'm gonna take, Jimmy. I'm taking the Russian. I'm taking Khabib. I'm taking Khabib by third round submission. He's saying that he's gonna just beat him up, but I think by the third round he's gonna get a hold of something and just say, you know what? I must break you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think if he has the opportunity to finish, he's not just going to let it go. I think by the third round, it's going to be Khabib. But that's right. me. You know, that's just me. Yeah. You know? Jimmy? He, he's the slight favorite, too. I mean, I checked last night. I think Khabib's like a 
minus one fifty. Connor's like a plus one fifty, so it's it's close. But this is a fun fight. I'm taking awesome Connor second round knockout. Oh my goodness! I actually want to take Connor first round. You know what? Yeah. My gut goes Connor first round knockout. Oh my god! I'm taking Connor. Um, I have Connor by. Second round knockout. I, I think maybe, you know, feeling out process in the first round. Maybe he gets taken down a little bit. He's going to land. He and will. I think he'll, he'll. But I have a feeling that side. for him to win, I don't really care who wins. This is yeah. such a great fight. Oh, yeah. And it's not to, you know, I don't think Khabib has a glass jaw at all. No. I just think that it's so, it's almost predestined, oh, Khabib's going to win, that I just like, ugh, whenever you pick against Connor, like that Nate fight, that second fight, yep. I was like, there's no I way Nate, I, thought Nate, I thought Nate won that second fight. But, but, you know, I'm a hater, though. No, no, but you don't Fuck need like, you. that. Fuck but you, whoever says I'm a hater. Eat a dick. The third round, he <laughs> How he about went, that? No, because I'm sitting here like, oh, but no, I'm really not. Fine. Listen. But whatever, if you want to You ever hear what Popeye yeah. says, you motherfuckers? Whoever likes me, likes me. Whoever doesn't, I am who I am. All right, guys. Jimmy, what do you think? I have to pee. But through that, uh, I, I think it's going to be... After, people thought he was going to lose to Nate that second time. He wound up going the, the, the distance. After tapping in the second round of the first fight, uh, his takedown defense had improved. I think a lot of times when you expect Connor to lose, he does well. Too, I thought Jose yeah. Aldo was going to give him a hard time. Everyone thought uh, fucking Chad, Eddie Alvarez would give him a hard time. Connor is just really... Yeah, when you think he's going to lose, he looks great. Well, there's also something to Why be... I, I think you're absolutely right. And there's something to be said about the magnitude of the moment. This yeah. is the big... I mean... Khabib doesn't seem like a guy that's going to get rattled. He might not get he rattled. But he already behaved But we already kind of see it at picks! the press comments. Right I now. want picks! It's I such got a... Connor first round knockout. Yeah, and I have Connor by second round I knockout. got Khabib third round. Let's let, Listen, everybody, give a proper plug for this. Do we want to tag on? We talked about it. Do we want to tag on? Do you guys want to take a guess? Any of the fights on the card, just guess which might be the fight of the night. We'll add like an extra point to... Uh... Fight of the night? Yeah. Is going to be Ferguson <sighs> Pettis. Yeah, I, I think so too. Fight of the night is going to be, I'm going to say the fight of night, for, I think the fight of night is probably going to be, I, I don't know what the fight of night is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say the main event because I'm a hopeful that it's going to be I live up to right the hype. Too. So I'm going to say, because I'm a, I'm a glass is half full. I think Khabib, Connor is going to be the fight of the night. And I can't wait for it. Jimmy, you want to plug anything, buddy? Yeah. Besides I'm a, this weekend? I'm going to go. Yeah, no, uh, I'm going to, I'm, I have uh, going to be in uh, San Antonio and I'm going to be in uh, Houston coming up a, a couple weeks in October. Get tickets. I'm going to go pee. Bye, Jimmy. And ev uh, everybody, I got something to say. Not really, but I got here a little late, so I'm going to stay on a little bit. Oh, great. Chris, the producer. Yes, Give a proper plug for this UFC. Event. Yeah, well, and I was actually going to say our friend Ryan LaFleur is, is opening this card. I am so happy about yeah. that. I really enjoy Ryan LaFleur, and I'm glad he's kicking things off. He can get done early, and he can party. And uh, I'm expecting big things for him. That guy's a dark horse in that division, Ryan LaFleur. Yeah. Guy's only got two losses. One's a five-round uh, fight with Damian Maya, where everybody's getting smoked. That's when Damian was just smoking everybody, and he survived, and he came back that fifth round. And the other one, he got caught versus uh, the Cowboy, uh, Oliveira. Yeah. So that dude is very much alive in this division. I'm not just saying that because he's from Strong Island. And I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing Ryan LaFleur. Yeah, me too. So this is... I'm looking forward to this whole freaking card. It's unbelievable. And, uh, yeah. it's going to be a good time. It's uh, this Saturday night. This Saturday, October 6th, UFC 229, Khabib versus Conor McGregor for the UFC lightweight title. Early prelims start at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, Fight Pass FS1 prelims are on at 8 p.m. and then the pay-per-view starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. You'd be real stupid not to get this one. Everybody watch and we'll talk about it on Tuesday! Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's not my business.